My name is Owen Flynn and welcome to episode 21 of the Trail Running Ireland podcast. How are you guys taking over as best we can, I hope? We've got a real positive feel-good story this week from a great guy, Stephen Moran, who recently set up Mind, Body and Mountains, which is all about spreading positivity through the joy of mountain and trail running and simply trying to help as many people as possible with the daily struggles that we all might have. And nothing better than a good run for our daily dose of anti-stress medicine. So with that in mind, let's get our running gear on. Let's go. Welcome everyone to this week's show. A really positive this week with Stephen, as I was saying. And before we get chatting to Stephen, we've got our own in-house coaching expert, Rene Borg, coming up very soon, telling us about the importance of good sleep for progressing in our training with some great tips from Rene, as always, as well. And before we sound the starter's gun, a special thank you and shout out to Barry, Liam, Nicola, Paula, Anton, Philip, Rick and Sharon who became patrons of the show since our last episode. Now with GDPR these days I don't want to mention anybody's full name in case I speak out of turn but I know that Sharon is living away from home at the minute and listens in to help keep her in touch with the mountains and the running community back home so we hope you are keeping well Sharon wherever you might be in the world and I know that I can give a special shout out to Rohini Shamrock's man Barry Lennon who won't mind me saying his full name out loud Barry's been a great friend since our DCU days together and I know that he listens in every week and hopefully we'll see him making his racing debut on the mountains with his good wife Fiona sometime soon and Barry after listening in to every show since the start you've got no excuses mate and about that new Patreon page to help support the show guys we will never put paywalls up for our content as our aim is to grow the sport of trail and mountain running in Ireland in a fun and free way for our listeners and with the Patreon page we simply ask that if you would like to make a contribution to the show to help cover costs and a small recognition for the hours that we put in to produce the show we would be very grateful and we will continue to do our best to produce great content for you and guys I'm still waiting for you to send in your first podium run which is all about getting you the listener more involved and hopefully keep motivation levels high at the moment as we got nothing sent in this week i'm going to give a gold podium run shout out to vinnie cardoso who i saw through his instagram he did an epic 80 kilometer run as part of the eco trail international challenge between sutton and holt with a couple of laps of the hill of holt thrown in he left at 3am and took just under 12 hours to do the 80 kilometers so take a bow vinnie cardoso a podium run there if there ever was one Right then, before we all run off here, let's dial in our running coach Ireland expert, Rene Borg, to talk about sleep. Rene Borg from Running Coach Ireland. Rene, great to have you back on the show. How are you keeping? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad, Owen. Yeah, so uh, looking out at the snow here from the mountainside. 
Oh, I know it's tough going all around at the minute, Renee. And listen, we've got a great topic today to discuss, one that is close to my heart over the last couple of weeks. We were talking there the other day that um, I had a new new little addition to the family, Renee, here. Um, new little baby Leia came along two weeks ago today. So you can imagine what is wonderful and fantastic. Sleep is a very valuable commodity at the moment. And today's topic is the importance of of sleep for our training and racing. So just maybe to, to start us off, Rene, um, why is sleep so important for us runners? Well, you can nearly say, you know, if, if health is the base below the base for performance, then sleep is the base below, you know, the health base. It's the base behind the base, you know, if we're going to keep using the word. Uh, it's, it's probably the most foundational aspect of the habits that you have in your life in terms of getting uh, maximum health outcomes and, you know, by that extension, then getting maximum performance outcomes. And it, it, it makes total sense, of course, because it's, it is the basic activity that you do that sets off everything else. And if it doesn't work out right, then everything else won't be um, working as well as it could. And um, we have a huge sleep problem in the Western world today. Uh, I saw uh, just one statistic there yesterday as I was kind of reacquainting myself with the topic and it said that 10 to 30 percent of people in so-called western countries report that they have chronic insomnia uh, that's quite a high figure um, and if you look at similar studies you know where you study kind of tradition the few traditional tribal cultures that are still around you know like Hadza Bushmen these kinds of people you will find figures of one and a half to two and a half percent so we can already see there there's something going on in the west or in the modern world um, despite all our advances that has hurt the quality of our sleep and by that extension it has hurt our health so if we can fix sleep we can fix health so I don't think it would be an exaggeration to say not only would you perform better as an athlete if you can fix your sleep, but if we as a nation or nations could fix our sleep, we could probably save billions in health costs and we would see much better health outcomes across nearly all types of disease. And that sounds like, a, I think, a very grandiose statement, but I think as we dig a little bit into this topic, um, I think we can we can put some data underneath that that supports it. Um Sure. And I, I mean, it's hard enough maybe to get through a normal day's activities such as going to work, looking after the kids. Now, if you throw in 50 minutes of running from 50 minutes to an hour and a half to two hours or three hours for our trail runners, sleep becomes even more important because, I mean, so many things, as we're going to chat about, happen when we sleep. It keeps our hormone levels in check and um, keeps our immune system strong and um, allows us to recover and for our cells to repair themselves after our hard training. So if we're not getting that sleep right, Rennie, our training and our race performance is going to be massively impacted. 
Yeah, and even beyond what you mentioned there, it also impacts your emotional regulation is the way you could say. So basically how emotionally stable you are and how good you are at interpreting the emotions of others, uh, incidentally. And also any kind of learning skill. And we have to remember running is not just about physiology. It's about biomotor learning as well. And basically during sleep, the brain, first of all, removes old neural patterns that it doesn't need or that it is for some reason it judges that these are no longer needed. They're junk. Let's get rid of them. Um, and then during the, the second phase of sleep, which is the kind of deeper REM sleep, it rebuilds new connections. So that means if you're trying to learn any skill, but also a motor skill like running, and you actually cannot learn at a good rate if your sleep is constantly disrupted, you know, if it's subpar. And a story that might illustrate, you know, my mother, you know, God rest her, she would always complain about her sleep uh, and my dad to some degree as well. Um, but when I came home to the house that they lived in after all us kids flew the nest, that house was lit up like a candle. <laughs> there was LED lights everywhere, you know, <laughs> you could probably see it from space. And, yeah. and it was like being cooked because it was a real Danish home with, you know, triple insulation. I really, I could barely sleep there myself because, you know, between being, you know, bombarded with light and, and heat. And that, that in a way is an example of where we will find the answer to good sleep. And it's in setting up the correct environment because the things that disturb sleep are some of the, you could say, modern comforts that we have erected for practical purposes. Uh, and they're all well and good. But if we don't know the effect it can have on our sleep, then we can't set up our environment in our bedroom and in our house in general um, in a way that will, you know, give us the pattern we need to be fast asleep when we should be fast asleep and to be highly alert when we should be highly alert. So does that mean, Rene, that we need to cut out the Netflix TV series binge watching at nighttime. And, and you know, I, I must admit, I know the importance of sleep and I know how to set up an environment to ensure good sleep. But Rene, I'll admit as well that, you know, I love my TV series at nighttime just to help relax and chill out after a busy day. Um, it might be a little bit of Facebook scrolling. It might be a little bit of catching up with the news on the phone. And then probably an episode or two, maybe between, say, half nine and half eleven. And then I'll go to sleep. So do I need to be stricter with myself, Rennie, and cut all that stuff out? I cut it all out mightn't be necessary, um, but understanding the effect of it so you can pick and choose when um, you might need to cut it out and when you can allow a bit of it. And yeah. also methods to minimize the effects, you could say, of modern technology's negative impact on, on sleep. So I think it's helpful for people just to understand um, slightly how this is all triggered, because the first time you hear, oh, light has a, is actually the biggest effect on your sleep. A lot of people um, are unfamiliar with that as a topic because when we, certainly when I went to school, we don't get, um, there's a lot of focus on things like food and nutrition. Uh, and there's very little focus on the effect of the environment on our health, you know, on our biological cycles and especially on light. Although, it, you know, it really should be common sense that sunlight is actually the master clock. It, that is what sets the rhythm for all living things on this planet. Mm. Um, so where, how does that happen? Just so people don't think it's complete woo-woo. There is a structure just behind, between your eyebrows, um, a little bit in the size of a corn of rice that's called the SCN, the suprachiasmatic nucleus, very fancy word. Mm. Um, this thing 
when your eyes, your retina, get hit by light from the sun of a particular type of bandwidth, that sends a signal to this little organ. And that organ communicates with a gland called the pineal gland, which a lot of people will know, um, that produces certain hormonal reactions. And the, it's, these, it's that kind of sequence, this is very simplified, that um, sets up the clocks of every cell in your body. And it's very important to understand every cell in your body has its own little clock. So it's like you're a clockwork machine. You're made up of many, many little biological clocks that run at different speeds. So this means if you get the wrong bandwidth of light into your naked eye at the wrong time of the day, it's the same as someone going into a factory while people are working with their backs turned and you know, basically setting the clock backwards or forwards. And when everyone turns around and look up, they're all confused and the deadlines are all over the place and they don't know that they should be going home, but actually it's time to go home. So, you know, it, it, it's, that's how it works. Um, there's nothing more mystical to it than that. And it's very easy then to see the solution then as well. It is to understand, okay, on a normal day, if I was living outside, let's say I was camping for a week in the wilderness um, what sort of light would I see at what time of day? So I would wake up probably about 6.30 or something close to dawn at the time of year. I would look out and I would get kind of the, the sun's early rays into my face. This is what tells the body, now it's time to be really wakeful. And that then says, this is morning and all the clocks get set to morning time. And that means now the body knows you know, roughly when should it be focused in, on digesting food? When should it be focused on um, activity? When should it be f starting to wind down and focus on cellular repair, removing toxins from tissues and all these many things? But if you don't get that light because you're not camping out in the wilderness, that signal may never come. And that means your cells will struggle to reset. Now, when good examples of this in real life is people, they've done studies basically where they put people in underground bunkers and things like that, or people who work in submarines. And they notice that the sleep patterns of these people start shifting because they don't get reset every morning by the sunlight. So in a way, the sunlight is your constant reset. And this, the simple solution in a way to make sure that at least your day starts off on the right foot is to get as much natural light as you can in the first hours that you're awake. But as little as three minutes of looking at the sun or towards the sun, you don't have to stare straight at it, of course, um, in the morning can be enough to start sending that, the necessary signal that resets your clock if you're a bit off. Let's say, for instance, if you've come back from a trip, you know, and you, you've been jet lagged, or let's say you come off uh, shift work, you know, and then, then you're really in the need of a reset because your clock will be very confused at this stage. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like a great tip for everybody in the morning time, Rene, would be to get out for a walk, whether it's down to the news agents to pick up a bit of milk, whether it's to walk the kids to school, whether it's to walk to the train station or to, or to the bus stop, and to make sure that we do get that little bit of natural daily light in the morning time. One thing, one thing, Rene, that I found has really helped me over the last two weeks with the arrival of the new baby, and something that I've done differently this time around, as opposed to the 
first two um, kids, Liam and Alba, was this time we had one of those special red lights that you can buy. Um, and it's, it's a type of red light which doesn't affect your sleep or your ability to fall asleep in the middle of the night. So when we have to say change the nappy at three o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning, we have this red light on. I think we got it on Amazon, I think. And um, that doesn't wake us completely up. It doesn't hit our eyes like what you mentioned there. The red light is a, is a lot more calming than as opposed to turning on the standard bedroom light. So I found that that's been a great help for us over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and it's a great tip. And it's um, basically when, when you get hit by it, the, the light frequencies that do damage to the sleep patterns when you are hit by them kind of during the traditional dark period of the day, is what's called blue light and green light spectrum. And the problem is that most, the, the more modern your light bulbs are, so especially LED uh, and LED screens, which are all around us now, they are the most unnatural and they're the heaviest in, in blue light in particular. And blue light destroys melatonin when it is used at the wrong time of day. Uh, blue light is in the sun during the day, of course, but it's in a full spectrum. It doesn't come alone the way it does in LED. So LED is a very unnatural kind of light source. Traditionally, it was easier, you know, in, in our probably some of our own family homes, if you go 30 years back, because there was a tendency to use candles more and there was a tendency to use slightly more dampened light at night. So this, you can revert to that solution. And we, we do very similar to your cell phone. Um, we have in the nighttime rooms, like the sitting room where we want to watch the telly, you know, we, we do watch an episode a night usually of something. Um, and we will have an orange Edison um, in what do you call them incandescent bulb, which is a very, very old fashioned light bulb. It does use more energy. So I know it's not as good for maybe the environment, but it is better for your health. Uh, so it's a choice uh, to make there. It's um, a great listeners and Renny there was one other thing that I wanted to mention as well and wanted to ask your advice on that it sounds like what you're saying in terms of say our running training that for a lot of people the ideal time to train therefore would be maybe early in the morning time as opposed to doing hard sessions maybe late after work maybe seven o'clock or eight o'clock at night because by the time we get back to the house there's going to be so much adrenaline still in our system from doing our hard training session that we're going to find it very hard to sleep. And that if we do have to train at nighttime, late in the evening, that ideally we maybe run easy and save those hard sessions or those very long sessions to Saturday morning and set on Sunday morning, which, which a lot of us probably do already and feel the benefit of doing it on a Saturday morning and a Sunday morning, as opposed to doing hard training sessions late in the evening, late at night. Yeah, because it, obviously this conversation could give you the impression that it's all about light and light is super important. It's the most important thing, but it's not the only thing that can disrupt your sleep. Um, and obviously high levels of activity, such as let's say you go for interval session uh, with your club, as we used to do in Crusaders that I think it was seven o'clock, you know, you're done at eight or you do an Imra race at 7.30, you know, and you're done at eight. Um, it, 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 that obviously disrupts sleep. So it's not ideal to have that as your standard training pattern if you want to optimize sleep and it's similar with heavy meals. So as you say, if you go home then and you have your big meal and it's past nine o'clock when you eat your meals also um, pushes the clocks um, and a heavy meal in the evening would be disruptive. 
The same with all kinds of other stimulants, because heavy exercise is a stimulant, and so is caffeine, of course, and other things like that. Um, and you will want to avoid them. The later in the day it gets, and the more sensitive you are to sleep disruption, the more you should stay clear uh, of those things. And it's then it is very helpful that running, especially aerobic endurance running, is is, a, is an activity that you can easily do in the morning when the body might in other ways not be fully optimized yet. You know, it might still be a little bit stiff, a little bit cold from the night, but it's a perfect excuse to go out for half an hour, an hour, two hours and spend them in the best light of the day. Yeah. You know, so it really sets you up. And if you can't gaze, it's, it's better than running at noontime, but for your hard sessions, you might push them to, they, they would be well done. Actually, ideally you could probably do them uh, in the early afternoon, you know, just late enough that the body is, is nice and warmed up by the day, but not so late that it will uh, push too much adrenaline into the evening time. Okay. Okay. Well, Renny, before we finish up for today, was there, was there anything else that you wanted to cover um, on this such an important topic? And I think without good sleep, without getting a good seven and a half to eight and a half hours sleep, we w- really will suffer in our training and our racing. So just before we close off, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Just a few takeaway tips. Uh, first of all, there's a, there's a good book that's quite recent that I think you should read if you're interested in, in light and in sleep and in, in health health, melatonin, mitochondria, all this thing. It's called Chasing the Sun by an author called Linda Geddes, uh, The New Science of Sunlight and How It Shapes Our Bodies and Minds. You know, that that is a mind-blowing read. And I think it's well worth anyone's investment. It won't take you too long to read either. Okay. The second thing is, if you do have your gadgets and you cannot stop fiddling with them after 6 p.m., get some red light filters for them, such as Flux, or a lot of them come now with red light filters on board. That means your screens will turn red, so there'll be less disruption to to your sleep patterns. Or go go all nerdy and buy a pair of blue blocking glasses. You can get lots yeah. of brands online. They look they look silly, I know, but they do work. You know, you yeah, I heard, I heard they're very good. And I know, Renny, what I actually do in the morning time when I wake up is I um, I tend to keep my my chorus watch on. And of course, the most most watches these days they have the wrist heart rate and um, mechanism. So I look at my heart rate as I slept through the night, and of course, that's a very good indicator to see if you got a good night's sleep um, or not. You establish your baseline, and then you know if you're more than maybe four or five beats above your baseline, you know maybe you're coming down with something. You're a bit overtrained, and hopefully, you might be one or two beats below your baseline, which will show that your fitness is improved of course as well yeah and actually oh no, i nearly forgot i saw a quote yesterday let's leave the listeners with it it was it said the best supplement you can take is seven to nine hours of amazing sleep yeah yeah i'd agree with that and i must ask before we go as well is it true that in scandinavian countries couples while they're sleeping they'll often have their own individual duvet each rather than sharing a duvet between the two of them to help them get a better night's sleep is that true I had no idea it was to get a better night's sleep, but I, I was shocked when I first came here and saw the whole shared <laughs> king-size duvet thing. I've gotten used to it. But yeah, we couldn't understand it. Uh, I couldn't so, understand so it is standard, it's standard practice, isn't it, among Scandinavian couples that they have their own private duvet at night time? Yeah, that's right. You have a double bed, but with two separate uh, duvets. Yeah, you know, we, we never thought of it all. That was just the way it was. 
Oh yeah, it, it makes sense then, you know, as opposed to the standard Irish and, uh, you know, the Western world maybe practice of sharing a duvet together at night time. And I must admit that uh, myself and Jenny over the last two weeks, we've got the baby in the middle and uh, we do have our own individual duvet each. So that has helped with the, with the sleeping over the last couple of weeks as well. So so plenty of good tips there, hopefully, um, for the listeners, Renny. Renny, a pleasure as always. And if you want to find out more about Rene's coaching and his fantastic tips and knowledge that he's always willing to share do give him a sh- give him a shout on running coach ireland runningcoach.ie Rene, it's been an absolute pleasure all right sleep well all My name's Sarah McCormack. My name is Brian Fury. My name is Nicola Duncan. My name is Zach Hanna. My name is Mark Ryan. I'm a mountain runner. 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 Hi, my name is Harriet and I'm a mountain runner. You're listening to Trail Running Ireland. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Time for our feature interview this week and in our last episode we talked to former Irish world champion John Lennon and we've talked to some of Ireland's most competitive and finest mountain runners over the course of the last year or so but I thought that this week it would be really nice to have a change in pace and talk to a normal trail runner, a normal guy, someone who isn't necessarily trying to win a race but nevertheless is doing something really positive for the trail and mountain running community in Ireland. Ireland and at the end of the day that's far more important than any race win. We're going to talk to the founder of Mind, Body and Mountains and I'll let the main man tell us more about it. Stephen, Stephen Warren, you're very welcome to Trail Running Ireland. Thanks Owen, thanks so much for having me on and I'm looking forward to, to, to the chat with you. Thank you very much. I know a pleasure, Stephen. And I t- I just thought that it was a real lovely change in pace maybe this week to have you on because, you know, over the last couple of months, we've had people that are looking to win races, to, to qualify to run for Ireland in world and European championships. But but you're just you're just a normal guy who loves the mountains and who is trying to do something really wonderful for the, the trail running and mountain running community with your new group that you formed just before Christmas, I think, yeah. Mind, Body and Mountains. So maybe we could start off today, Stephen, by just telling us what exactly is Mind, Body and Mountains? Okay, Owen. Yeah, so you're right. Just just really kind of set it up and got it going there just before Christmas. And the idea behind Mind, Body and Mountains is to share in our own. First of all, I set, we set, I set it up on Facebook and I have it on Instagram. And the idea behind it is to uh, share our own um, stories, our own pictures, our own videos and that kind of thing online for people to see and to, you know, let people know um, how helpful sorry, being in the mountains, running in the mountains, being on the trails, etc. how helpful it is for your overall health and that being uh, mental health, physical health uh, and the whole, the whole thing about being out in nature um, and what it does for us is it's just unbelievable. And um, through my own experiences um, and my own, I suppose, tough battles with mental health problems over the years, um, I, I just thought this is an idea where I had a, a bit of a platform because of I love trail running, I love mountain running. I'm in a fantastic running club, 
Um, and I just thought this this would be a great idea, and it's something that I think is needed um, in these really tough times. Um, and obviously, because of COVID, we haven't been able to really do events or anything like that. Um, uh, we'd be more. What we did was we said this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. It's um, we're going to take our time. We're going to post the videos. We're going to post the pictures and let people have a look and, and, and judge and see for themselves if it's for them. Um, and then um, and, and the reaction has been brilliant on. Absolutely brilliant, you know. I've been looking at the video, Stephen, over the last couple of weeks and, you know, there's a great sincerity and honesty and integrity about them and you're a great communicator and you you have a good bit of crack sometimes in the videos as well. So I'd encourage everybody to check it out and especially in these tough times that we're in now. And Stephen, I was going to ask you, if you don't mind sharing with, with with the listeners, what was your own story that that gave you the drive, the idea, and and the the motivation to set this type of group up. Okay, yeah. So, um, look, I was always into fitness. Okay, and I think that's a big bonus. Um, I think um, wanting to keep fit, wanting to run. I, I played football for years. That was that would have been something that was always in me. Um, yeah. Wanting to to kind of set this up and and has has and, and not not the only place the idea came from but certainly a bit of a drive i had is because of my own struggles with mental health I, I wanted to give something back um and over the years i've been looking at different angles i've tried like i've done a bit of um you know volunteer work with with with, with certain uh companies and that who who promote the well-being mental health uh you know trying to reduce stigma and stuff like that and they were really really good but I just felt I'd more to give and I wanted to give it on a, on a say, say I had a platform with a bit of knowledge. And because I do trail running, mountain running, it, it, I do have a bit of knowledge up there. If I don't at this stage, then geez, I need to do something else. But uh, I do have a bit of um, knowledge up there and I can give something back with regards to fitness and, and my own personal experience of, of how it's helped me. So I was, um, I was diagnosed with... Um, obsessive compulsive disorder otherwise known as OCD in 2018 um, but I had about four years I reckon previous to that where it had been building it had been coming on me it had been been very much uh, a negative part of my life um, and I didn't know what what was going on I, I couldn't figure it out I had been to counseling etc and you know it was put down as just really really bad anxiety but um Obviously, not knowing what it was was very difficult because it can make you very paranoid. Um, constantly check in, you know, in, in my work life, in my home life. I was obsessively washing my hands and this kind of thing. And it, it really, oh, it really came out of nowhere. This is the thing. It came out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was driving me mad, like, you know. Yeah. Um, when I got diagnosed, it was a blessing because then I was able to get on the road to recovery. Um I was very lucky. My wife was listening to actually listened to a podcast one day and there was a lady on talking about OCD. And from that, my wife told me to check it out. And I listened to it. It was actually on the, the uh, Nikki Bourne show. I think it was on, on, on yeah. 2FM. And uh, this lady, was, she was an expert on OCD. It set up a, a group called OCD Ireland and was talking about it basically on the radio. So I went and listened to the podcast and I, I just was blown away. I went, oh my God, that's so parts of it I could relate to so much right so yes. for me the recovery began then it's been 
being honest, since 2018, um, and I know that I mentioned four years previous, but since 2018 and up to maybe a six months ago, you know, seven months ago, it was unbelievably tough because I was trying to learn how to manage it. I was putting up a fight. It wasn't working. Um, and I was trying to learn how to manage uh, how OCD was kind of playing out in me. And with uh, with good work, um, with, you know, a good doctor, a really good counsellor, um, and learning and, and wanting to get better, a combination of so many things, medication as well, only, you know, and, and that's, yeah. that, that's okay. Um, yeah. Combination of so many things is, is why I am where I am today. Uh, I'm very proud of it. At the same time, I'm... Uh, um, I suppose there's a bit of luck involved as well because I was lucky that my wife heard that lady speaking that day on the radio, for example. So, so it inspired me to. I got the idea for um, Mind Body and Mountains. Basically, I was on online one day on Facebook and I seen a group and they're based in the UK and they're called yeah. Mountains for the Mind. And their idea is very similar. Obviously, obviously they're much bigger. They're a product of Trail Magazine, if I'm not mistaken, and. Mm-hmm. They, they do something similar. They, you know, they go out on the mountains. The, the guy puts up videos. They have events. So they have they organize walking events. They organize running events uh, in the mountains in, in the UK. Um, and I thought to myself, that would be brilliant in Ireland. That's a great idea. That's something that we need badly. Because um, I think, I think um, you know, it, when I say I need, we, we need badly, that could come across any spectrum of any event in Ireland, whether it be through football, whether it be through work, whether it be through mountain running in this case. I thought things like this are needed because it's it's kind of inviting people who may be struggling, who may be sitting at home. They, they don't know. They're struggling to get out and exercise and stuff like that. And I thought this might be a gentle way of, you know, showing people, first of all, and maybe from that they might actually jump on and go, God, I might try that. Am I yeah, going on the walks? You I'm know, sure there's, there, there's so many people I'd say struggling all around the country at the moment, Stephen, and maybe not listeners that are listening in now, but maybe family members or friends. So, if any listeners are listening, they might identify this these type of problems with their friends and family, if not them, at the moment. And as the OCD was getting worse, Stephen, were were you still playing football at that time, or had you started your your mountain running career by then? Or when when did you realise that that trail running and mountain running could actually be a massive part of the of the solution for this, of the healing for this? Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. So I always knew. Um, exercise was going to be a big part of my recovery um, yeah. and that actually came from it came from me just knowing that you know because I'd, I'd dealt with anxiety issues before I got OCD over the years so I knew and I, I knew from just simply you know reading up and, and doing a bit of um, so you know diving into what what helps somebody who struggles with mental health and exercise is one of the first things that always pops up so I was running on um, I was doing I had started back running um, only in the summer, actually, of 2018, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was about a year before that. I had a lot of back trouble over the years. So with a, I have a brilliant physio and I was able to start running again. And yeah. from that, you know, I, I, I was really enjoying it. But it, I do find the roads a little bit boring, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, have you done the, the Dublin City Marathon yet, Steve? Or have you done any of the big road races? I did the marathon last year, yeah, yeah. I ah, brilliant! You, you got to do it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do it, don't you? Especially being a proud dub, it's important to do yeah, the Dublin yeah. marathon. Oh yeah, and it's tough. I tell you, it's tough. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. 
it's all part of getting you where you are because because you learn so much from it, like you know. Um, so yeah, no, I've done that. That's that's ticked off my list all now. But I definitely, I definitely try and do it again. Yeah. But um, so yeah, um, so running, I started back running, and I basically spotted uh, a couple of uh, mountain running clubs on Facebook one day, and I said, "Geez, I'd like to try that." Because even when I was younger, me and my mates used to go like uh, hiking, going camping, hustling, that kind of thing. I had a bit of a I like, enjoyed the mountains even when I was younger. So I spotted this and I thought, that's, that's a great thing to do. And I just got in touch with the lads. Uh, invite, then they, they do Saturday mornings, they do Wednesday evenings. And I went up one Saturday morning uh, with my intention of doing a 4K. And a friend of mine was up there and he said to me, no, no, you're doing the 7K. I went, all right, okay. And uh, to be honest with you, Owen, I fell in love. I really did. I just, afterwards, although I was absolutely wrecked and my legs and my calves were screaming at me, um, I loved it. And I went home to my wife that day. I'd done a 7K. I struggled because, you know, as you know, running up a mountain is very different than running on yeah. the flat, as we know, right? Yeah. And I said to my wife, that was unbelievable. That was amazing. The peace and quiet, the the, the trees, the, 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 even the wildlife that you see up there, what that does for you mentally is just unbelievable. Like, you know. Um, and did, did you find, Stephen, that when you were going through the dark days, like you come across now as, you know, a very confident fella, a, a lovely chatty guy, and your videos, as I said, are very funny as well. But you, was your confidence knocked? Did, did, did you go within yourself at all in those dark moments in, in OCD? And then did the running maybe and, and sport and support of your wife and family, did that help bring that back? Or how were you during those, those dark moments? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, during the dark moments, I was in an awful place, an awful place, being honest. Um, yeah. it, trying to figure it out um, was was very hard. So in, in the really dark moments, um, my confidence went from being a very, very confident person in every aspect of my life to yeah. literally having none. And that's that's it, it, it sounds extreme because it was. Um, it affected me really bad in my work life. It affected me really bad um, in my home and domestic life. Um, I didn't want to exercise at times. Um, I was a shell of a person. I, OCD affects you in so many different ways. One of the ways with me was I was afraid to have conversations with people because I was afraid I might offend somebody. Even though that's not even near the personality that I have, that's yeah. what OCD does. Every, it makes you analyze every single word you've said in a conversation after the conversation. And that's a common team. I've gone to OCD group meetings and stuff like that. And that's a common team you hear from a lot of people. I know they avoid when they were in their worst, um, at their worst with the OCD, they would avoid conversations for fear of offending somebody. And that's, wow. it, it sounds very extreme and it sounds very, because it is, it's, it's OCD catastrophizes everything. So yeah. therefore, yeah, to answer that for you, hundred percent. I, I was. And how long? How long were you trapped like that, Stephen? Um, did that last for or even years. longer? Yeah, years. Three. Yeah. I'd say easily at at the worst, it was about three years. Yeah, easily. Yeah, um, easily three years, and uh, slowly but surely, I've come out of that now. Thank God. Brilliant. Yeah. So trail running, how it helped was. There's so many different reasons. Starting it first of all, and seeing that I absolutely loved it. The yeah. the community, uh, the guys who run it, I mean, they were just amazing. From day one, it was so relaxed. There was no pressure. It was very helpful. 
I remember on my very first run, one of the guys running up beside me, Lar, he said, you just find your own pace. Great to have you up. Don't worry about anybody else. Um, this will take time to, to, you know, to, to move on maybe to bigger distances, but that's okay. And little things like that I never forgot from the very first day. And the whole, it was always very friendly. Everybody was very helpful. And that really helped. It helped me confidence because it was a, it was a social thing. And I was avoiding social situations. So getting back to the mountains with this community actually brought me back out a little bit. Um, and, and for that, I was forever grateful. Like, forever grateful, you know. And it's very different to the football, Stephen, isn't it? I mean, like yourself, I played Leinster Senior League for, for mm. a long, long time. And as much as I loved football and, you know, loved my team, Verona, um, it's very different, isn't it? There's a very different atmosphere to a running club or a running team and, and running together long miles and long kilometers. There's a different camaraderie there, isn't there? there, there there's not the drink culture, which was certainly yeah. part of, of football back in the 90s and early 2000s when I was there, that you'd be straight up to the pub afterwards and what have you. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more spiritual, healthier. Uh, it, it, it's a great experience on a Saturday and Sunday morning, isn't it? Being out in the fresh air up the mountains. And I think that the club that you're talking about, Stephen, it's the Irish Mountain Trail Runners Club, isn't it? That's them, um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, a completely different atmosphere. I couldn't agree more. Um, it's more, and I love my football days like yourself, absolutely love them. But this, yeah. this is different. It's just so different. And and it's amazing the conversations you have with people just running around as well. I mean, I, I'm kind of open about my story and people have then been open with me about theirs, you know, and, and, and that's, that's lovely. When you have that, when, you, when, you're, when people feel comfortable to talk to you, I, 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 I actually really enjoy that. And that's just, you know, I've been, say, running on a trail and either caught up with somebody or most times uh, people are catching up with me, <laughs> to be honest, but... Uh, they catch up and then we just start talking and uh you know people can find a lot of comfort in that and they're, they're not only are they, as you say are they running in the mountains and getting their exercise in for the day and setting themselves up for the weekend they're getting to stuff off their chest as well you know yeah it's, it's nearly like a session isn't it for everybody as you're as you're running along just getting problems off your chest which yeah. again you, you wouldn't have gotten the football field as you're trying to whatever score a goal or stop a goal going in and you're yeah. battling away for 90 minutes this That's is it. a night chilled and relaxed and just having a chat exactly exactly yeah 100 percent. so yeah, yeah. That, that the club you mentioned the club and I, I have so much, so much good uh, stuff to say about them. You know, just just a really good club, and they're, um, as I say, very welcoming, um, very, very, very active. You know, even when we're when we're not running, they're, they're giving us advice. They coach us. Um, no, they're, they're just brilliant. They're just a great, great bunch of people, and you know, and they've been very, very supportive of me as well since I started this. Um, it didn't like when when I brought up the idea. Um, Lar Heffernan, who's one of our coaches in the club, and it just a, a really nice guy. He was immediately onto me. Like, I mean, immediately onto me. Steve, I'm going to support you with this, you know, and things like that. And then from that then, uh, one of the girls, Amy Martin, joined. And then I have another lad helping me, a good pal of mine, uh, Andrew Sullivan. So, and I mean, it was immediate. I, I didn't have to ask. I wasn't going to ask because I was kind of going, oh, I'll do it. I'll do this idea myself. But they just offered it and I went, great. And I've got a bit of help with, with running it and stuff like that. And we've all put our heads together for ideas. In fact, Amy was the one who came up with the name. 
Yeah. You know, so it's a great name. It's a great name. And, and I'm sure you found Facebook and Instagram great for promoting it, Stephen, as well. It doesn't cost you anything. It reaches so many people. And in today's modern world, while, you know, they they have their flaws, Facebook and Instagram and social media, they can be great for for spreading positive messages as well and for creating a little bit of community or to, certainly to help people get together. Yeah, hundred percent. Down like that's. I, I look on Facebook and Instagram very similar to that. As in, they can be bad, and some of the stuff on it, as we know, can be negative. But the important thing is how we, as an individual, use it. And I'm using it in this way. Sorry, we as a group. Sorry, mind, body, mouth. We're using it this way to promote positivity. So, I mean, yeah, there's so many bad things people say. But then, if you look at it simpler and go, well, what can I do? What can I do on it to, to make that okay? And as I say, promoting something like this has been has been a joy, and I've got really good reactions to it from friends, from and from people I don't know, you know, um, from, and people have got on to me and just said, "Oh, thanks, thanks for doing this. This is really good." And one of the messages that's very consistent, and and, I'm, and I think it's going to be great for when we do the events, is that um, you know, one of my work colleagues actually said to me there, going back just around Christmas time. She kind of put a message on one of the feeds, on one of the videos I put up, and she was just kind of saying, oh, my God, just looking at these videos and pictures makes me want to go up there. Brilliant, yeah. That alone is that. I'm going, excellent. That's what I wanted. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to see. And that's that's the idea. And, you know, I'm, I know when the events have all start and we'd start doing our, our walks and all that, you know, people will come up. It'll, it'll be great, you know. Yeah. And you mentioned in one of the videos, Stephen, as well, that I think that you're 46 now. Um, yeah. Am I right there, 46? But you yeah. feel like that you're getting younger and um, that the running is playing a massive role in that. But because you're going training, because you're meeting up with all the guys and running every weekend, you're subsequently like a domino effect, making a better effort with your diet. So again, I'd love to just ask, just from a normal runner's point of view, and without a fancy diet for trying to make a world championship team or whatever it might be, or to try and win an ultra race, just for you as a normal runner, Stephen, like what what have you done in the last two years diet-wise that is making you feel like you know you're getting younger instead of getting older? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a that's a very good uh, very good question, and, and thanks for noticing that. That's that's really good because that was a big um, that was a big change I, I felt I had to make, right? So yeah, I mentioned in that video, yeah, that uh, you know, and it was actually me and Lara were having a chat one day. Lara's forty seven, I'm forty six, and we were both having a chat after one of our runs up in Crewe, and and uh, I said, he said, how'd you get on? He goes, yeah, you look like you were strong in the run. I said, yeah, I said. He said, I actually feel fitter this year than I did last year, and I'm a year older. And we were obviously having a bit of a laugh and a joke about that. He said, yeah, yeah, I'm the same, I'm the same. So then it got us talking about, um, about, about you know, first of all, about consistency. I mentioned in the video as well. And it's true, true I suppose, running, getting back running and getting into trail running, I've, I've noticed true, I suppose, talking to the right people and getting good advice, that consistency, first of all, has really helped fitness consistently running you know you know having breaks every now and then when needed of course but consistency has been a big part of that getting fit the whole thing of feeling fitter a year on yeah. but diet as well and I, I this year was the first time i probably ever i really looked a bit more serious for the level i'm at about my diet because i was doing all this running on but it wasn't really shifting anyway i was kind of staying the same and it was definitely i felt it slowing me down a little bit 
So I looked into diet for long distance runners, trail runners, that kind of thing. And what I came across consistently was um, about snacking. That snacking and your, your, I suppose, you call it identity with food or your relationship with food is very important. And I realized I was snacking way too much. And when I was snacking, I was snacking on all the right things. And I used to have a thing that I, 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 I'm not going to ever feel hungry. And I'd, sometimes I'd eat so I wouldn't get hungry. So I'd snack on a bar or something like that, even, even if it was only a protein bar. Yeah. And I read, it, read a little bit of research myself and I realized this could be a lot down to snacking. So I simply cut out, cut out completely snacking. And what I did was if every now and then during a seven day period, if I really was hungry and I really needed a snack, I would take it. But my choice of snack became healthier. And combining that with just a sensible breakfast, a sensible lunch and a sensible dinner, that's what's really helped me. And I really think it's been quite easy, if I'm being honest. Um, It's not rocket science, is it or not? It's just cutting out all the junk. Now, absolutely have one maybe cheat day on, on a Saturday night as you're watching The Voice or Strictly Come <laughs> Dancing or whatever it might be on a Saturday <laughs> evening. Um, absolutely, you know, enjoy your curry and a bit of chocolate and a few cakes or what have you. But during yeah. the week, if you can try and keep it relatively good, healthy vegetables, meat, fish, um, all the good stuff that nature gives us and cut out all the packaged stuff, it makes yeah. a massive difference, doesn't it? And not only physically, but mentally, it can yeah. give you a boost as well. 100%, yeah. And, and I tell you, one of the biggest benefits I've got from it as well, um, I, would have so, I would have had a lot of, like, like a lot of people, digestive problems and bloating and stuff like that. And because yeah. of course, when I'm snacking, that has, it has literally gone from maybe 90% down to about 30, an odd time a week I might feel it. And I was like, oh, my God. And so and I kind of realized my relationship with food actually wasn't great. I, mean, I had good ideas and I wanted it. I, I, I ate quite healthy, you know, as I thought. And I wouldn't have many takeaways. But all the snacking was, was definitely holding me back, you know. Um, another thing I also looked into as well that I think has helped is uh, what to take after to recover. Because I felt I was getting very tired the more runs I was doing as well. And yeah. a couple of simple things. And one of them was... Um, uh, the amino acid replacement drink drinks uh, I, I, I started taking then and I found they've been just unbelievable. I'm recovering much quicker uh, using them as well. Um, so that's been, a, that's been just something that's really helped too, yeah. Yeah, I know a great tip that I got from Nicola Duncan there a couple of weeks ago, Stephen, was Nicola was on the show a while back. She's based in Scotland and she's a fabulous, fabulous ultra runner. And she, and she was saying that a small change that she's made to her diet while she's training and racing over the last year or two is that she's brought more and more carbohydrate drinks with her for her runs. That right. before she wouldn't have hardly taken anything on her long four or five hour runs, even shorter but now she would, and she just finds that she recovers a lot quicker because she's not just going into her reserves on those long runs, that she's keeping her carbohydrate levels topped up throughout those three or four hours, and therefore she recovers a lot quicker as well. And very simple stuff like just your your standard kind of energy gel or carbohydrate drink. So, you know, when you're going up the mountain on a Saturday or Sunday, not to be afraid that you're going to bunk, just have a little gel bar with you or or a decent, well-produced energy bar, whatever it might be not not the cheapest stuff something good and that keeps you going doesn't it it does 100 percent. yeah and and that's that's again that's the 
when doing me a bit of research, I was reading that about the advice. It's a carbohydrate uh, type snack or drink that's good during the runs. So yeah, that that's a big help. Um, uh, and I've introduced that as well. That's that's very good advice you gave. That's very good advice. Yeah. And Stephen, I want to ask as well. Just have you had any setbacks or any relapses since you started running? Because Running is great, as we know, when when we're injury free and when we have a an objective or a goal of a race. But at the moment, we don't have a, any races really, yeah. and God forbid we get an injury, yeah. and all of a sudden our our happy medicine, our endorphins, our great stress buster every day isn't there anymore. Like, have you had any little niggles or injury yourself since you started? And if you did, how have you coped with that? Because that can be problematic for, for people at times. Even I know myself, if I ever pick up a niggle, oh, I'm raging because I know that's my happy medicine gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I actually love that question because um, I, do, I find even when I played football as well, people cope with injury very differently. So when I played football, I, I would have coped with it very bad. I used to get really annoyed and I'd be so down because I be, wouldn't be playing me football and I'd get frustrated. But then as I got older, um, and especially since I started back, uh, the, the trail running and, and little injuries came along, I've just learned to be like, there's nothing you can do. So I have had a couple, I actually had three setbacks at the start of this year. And I know we have, you know, it's, it was more uh, getting back training after the Christmas period. So I had three little niggles. I had an ankle problem. I had a, 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 a hip problem. And then I had a back problem. And I was like, oh my God, they just kind of came all together. But so when I get injured now, okay, initially, I'm you're like all of us, you're like, oh, can't believe it. I just, I was just in the middle of a training plan or I'm just training for this race. And initially I have a moment of, okay, d- d- I get annoyed. But very quickly I turn it around and go, right, there's nothing I can do. This is life. Don't take it personally. You know, that kind of way. Anyone yeah. can get injured. And that's my outlook on it. And I go, okay. And then I switch into the mode of what can I do now to help um, improve this, help recover um and that's kind of that's my outlook on it which i think is really really good i think it's really really healthy i um for example so my first part of the call is do i need to contact my physio yes or no what do i think and if i do if I, if I, even if i'm 50 50 on that i will contact him and then he'll either say yeah come in to me let's look at this or i tell you do these exercises um do this rolling say you know foam rolling rolling on a ball that kind of thing yeah so it, it's more you know, I, I, I'd like to think, no, I, I do, not I like to think, I, I, I do deal with it very well now. But that's been a learning curve. That's been a learning curve. Um, because it's, uh, I think, it's, I, I don't know, my own personal opinion is you get older, you get wiser, and you kind of go, you learn that these, these things happen. Um, oh, I do. And I know, like, in the past when I would have got injured, I, I would have been of the, of the mentality of, okay, now I need to go to the gym and cross-train my ass off for the next six weeks so that, yeah. that I don't lose any fitness. But th- that can be detrimental as well, Stephen, because yeah. you're not giving your, your body a chance to rest, to heal. You can often have then negative domino effects of your cross-training because it's not the same muscle groups as you're running. Yeah. But w- what I've learned now is that just because you're injured, first of all, it doesn't need that you... It doesn't mean that you're on the couch watching TV for two weeks and that's it. You know, as you were saying, you can do other stuff 
the help here. You can do other strength work at home, work on weak points, maybe some core work or whatever. And what I actually find great now, Stephen, is that instead of, say, going to the swimming pool or getting on a bike, what helps me now with a lot of injuries is I just actually walk. And yeah. walking is great because you, you, you get outside, you know, you can still listen to your podcast or whatever you might do when you're running. You're giving your body a break from the hard impact of running. You're keeping your blood circulating. You're keeping all those healing um, avenues open as you're walking and still getting your endorphin hit. And that's what I find works really well for me now. Um, so a nice little tip maybe that not to, not to stress that there's always something that you can yeah. do, isn't there? There is absolutely like I have a spin bike. Oh, actually, I really admire that what you do. Just, just as you say, just getting out and walking. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's. We, I think, yeah, I suppose when we're training, it can be a, it can be hard for some people to go from say the intense training that they're doing to suddenly okay, I can walk. But it's little tips like that that you give, and and I and hopefully tips that I give too that will help people. And it is, it's it's so simple. You can still get out and walk, and as you say, it's getting out in nature. They're getting out in the fresh air. Um, yeah, and, and there is plenty you can do. Like I, I have a spin bike, for example, and my physio told me. So uh, when I had the, I try to remember, oh, yeah, the, the tight, tightness in the hip it was, that injury. So he said to me, he gave me exercises. He gave me some rolling to do, et cetera. And he said, you can get on your spin bike for the next few days just till you come back to me. Yeah. I was like, brilliant, I can do something. Great. You know, so you turn the negative into a positive, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Stephen, what are your plans for the future? Now, I know we're a bit limited, of course, given the current environment that we're all in. But, yeah. for example, do you have any races that you'd love to participate in, whether it's at home in Ireland or abroad? Or, or even say, what are the plans for, for mind, body and mentors? Okay. Yeah, so for, personally, my own plans, I'd signed up to a lot of races last year. Uh, the Morris Mullins was one. Right, um, yeah. Uh, there was a couple of others. Seven Sister Skyline was another. There was a couple. There was a couple there in the plan that I, that I obviously did, did, didn't get to do. Um, and like most of us in the club, we had all signed up to a couple of different individual races. So this. So my plan is to. I I I have no problem training, just because there's no races on. I I just love getting out, and I'll always do that. So I'm trying to keep myself going. Um, I have signed up actually to do the Seven Sister Skyline for this year. The date of that actually got pushed out to August because of COVID. Um, and that's in the plan at the moment if it goes ahead in August. Um, and after that, I think I think the whole community is kind of waiting now till they all open back up eventually. And none of us obviously know when that is. But any anything, um, yeah, the likes of the Seven Sisters Skyline, the likes of the Morris Mullins, um, I do like, you know, the, the idea of doing one of the adventure races, which is, you know, with kayak running, cycle and stuff like that. All that will be in the pipeline for me. I'm very relaxed about it, as in, I, 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 as they come along and as we start getting going again and, and these things become available, I'll just look and go, okay, so when have I got free time? Does that one suit me time-wise? So that would be my own plan, just to just to do a few races that I really uh, really catch me attention. Yeah. Um, mind, body and mountain, Stephen? Yeah, mind, body and mountains. It's to you know continue promoting what we do uh, online. And then, you know, I suppose, you know, post the, you know, the restrictions obviously now are at level five. Yeah. It looks like they're going to be extended now by another month, right? So if they get down to a level, a consistent level 
where they're staying low and we can meet, say, in our groups of 15 and stuff like that, then I, w- I would get something going within that. So we'd start organizing events for, say, up to, uh, up to 15 people, uh, walking, uh, walking and talking is kind of what we're actually got, thinking of calling it. And then I'll do some running ones as well. And I'll, we have so many routes that we can do up around Crewwood and up around the Hellfire as well. And um, that we'll have we'll have a lot of variety for people to, w- when they come along. And the whole idea is that, look, come and come and join us. It's a bit of fun. It'll be nice and relaxed. And, and we, we just hope to help people. Uh, and that's the plan with that. Uh, post COVID, please God, um, we'd you know make it that you know we can we can manage more people on the walks and runs. So that'll be our that'll be our plans right now. Yeah, and of course you have great local trails in in all the local parks as well. I saw in one of your, of your videos that you discovered the local trail of about five meters long in your local yeah. park there recently, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I was very proud. Uh, yeah, I, I posted a video to the to the to the. Um, <laughs> to the WhatsApp running group as well, and they loved it. Like you know, uh, one of the lads actually said, "Now de- that's that's dedication for you." <laughs> yeah, where there's a will, there's a way. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of the Phoenix Park, and uh, there's plenty yeah. of hills to keep you going in the Phoenix Park until you can get back down to the Dublin and Wicklow Wicklow Mountains. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought we just maybe end the interview today on a really lovely initiative that you started there I think a couple of weeks ago as well, called the Random Acts of kindness and tell us about that yeah so i actually um it, it, it just came about it came about to me quite naturally if i'm being honest um and i was actually talking to a work colleague and we we is we we kind of were both talking about you know the, the i suppose the situation in the world at the moment the way people are struggling and you can you can see it on your doorstep and that kind of thing and random acts of kindness is something that i've seen online before um, I actually seen it this morning in another running group, actually, that is um, that was on. I think it was on Instagram. I was looking at it. It just came to our mind and, you know, that saying there's not enough of that in the world. Right. There, there is a lot of it. But we introduce something like this on, on kind of on a local level. So whether it's in your workplace, whether it's, you know, with friends, whether it's just making a cup of tea for your, for your partner or something like that. So it made me it got me thinking. Because I'm, I'm always thinking of ideas for the page. It got me thinking, why not put something out there to suggest to people to do random acts of kindness, and especially in the times we're in now. And me thinking on it was, right, that it gives people a different focus. So right now, it might be, for example, going to work, coming home, doing homeschooling, um, living a very basic life. And in many ways, that, that can be very nice as well. But then there's people who maybe have lost their jobs, who are not working, who are struggling right now. And, you know, who, the idea was that it gives some people, if they choose to get on board with it and give it a go, it's a small bit different focus for the day that can boost their, how they feel and it can boost how somebody else's feel. And it just shows the kindness that can be there and that we can do, and just especially in these times. And um, your your work makes um, got a couple of free bars of chocolate off you, I think, didn't they? And they were delighted with that. It made their day. <laughs> it did, yeah. I, I, yeah. The, the vending machine was um, their best customer there last week. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they were delighted. Yeah, um, as I say, one of the lads came out to me and he said to me, uh, "He was, oh, geez, t- thanks for that bar. Thanks for that bar, Steve. It really, really made me, it really perked me up." And I was delighted. I went, "Well, that's yeah. the idea. That's the idea, you know." Um, 
and it is it is just a, just a random act of kindness. I was out on a walk. Sorry, I was out in a room today, and I seen um, and I'm going to put it up on the page later on. Somebody had put say Coke and Seven Up bottles, right? With a hole through either side, they put bird seed in them, and then a stick of some sort then attached so that the birds can land on the stick and eat the bird seed. So that to me is a random act of kindness. And right. I was looking, it's so simple, like, you know, um, and I think they're the kind of things that, that I suppose, try and notice them, try and see. Um, I think there can be a lot of negativity, unfortunately, in the, in the world we live in. And that was me thinking as well, is to raise a bit of awareness about the good that can be done by people, you know. Brilliant. Well, listen, Stephen, it's it's a superb project and it's a great initiative and it's a great example of the spirit of community that's in mountain and trail running in Ireland. So um, we all say well done to you, Stephen, and best best of luck with the project. And, and I'm really looking forward to when restrictions are eased back and, you know, I can we can all see the group really grow and flourish and, and help even more and more people. And, you know, it's very easy to find on Facebook and Instagram. Mind, Body and Mountains is, is the name of it. Stephen Moran is the name. So do look him up, everybody that's listening in a big shout out Stephen as well to the Irish Mountain Trail Winners Club and who was the football team that you played for Stephen in case any of them are listening in but give them a shout out as well oh Delhi yeah so I played a couple of clubs um, Temple Oak United it was mainly my senior football and yeah. uh, before that I was with uh, Rangers in Bushy Park for a lot of schoolboy football and then it started me kind of senior football as well um, and Fearhouse Celtic as well deserve a mention yeah, all good teams. I'm sure we might have even played against each other, Stephen, back in the day in the old Leinster Senior League. <laughs> probably <laughs> did. Probably did. Yeah, probably, probably, we were probably involved in a 50 50 tackle or something like that, you know? Uh, yeah, I wonder <laughs> who would have came out on top. You, you know, Dave, you sound like a tough competitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I'll, give, I'll give you that one. <laughs> Well, listen, Stephen, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, thanks for a million for, for getting in touch um, a couple of weeks ago to let us know about your group. And we wish you the very, very best of luck with the project. Thanks very much, John. Thanks for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And I really appreciate you taking the time out to, to I suppose, give me this opportunity to have a chat with you. Thanks very much. A real pleasure, Stephen. Take care. Talk to you soon. hope you enjoyed the chat with Stephen everyone and I must admit that this afternoon I ended up buying someone I know a bar of chocolate too and someone that might not necessarily be someone who would be top of my list for giving chocolate to if you catch my drift but it was a good deed and hopefully it added a bit of a smile and a bit of positivity to the day so thanks Stephen for the tip and good luck with the project indeed and before we go guys as we were saying at the top of the show one of our aims this year is to involve the listeners as much as possible so with this in mind we'd love to hear about any special training that you're doing at the moment between podcasts with our new podium run listener feature for the trail running island podcast if you smashed it rate it gold and send us a brief description and photo if you can and we'll read it out on air and share on social media on our trail running ireland facebook and instagram page if it went really well but you think that there's still a few things that can be improved rate it silver 
And if you're on the right track, it's a good run and you're looking forward to going even better next time. Rated bronze. That's all just the guidance, of course. You know yourself what merits a gold, silver or bronze run. We're dying to hear from you and looking forward to hear how Ireland's trail and mountain runners are doing. You can direct message us or tell us about it in the comments section on our social media if you can. And a final reminder, guys, of our new Patreon page to support the show, patreon.com forward stroke and trail running ireland podcast we will never put up paywalls for our content our aim is to grow the sport of trail and mountain running in ireland in a fun and free way for our listeners and with this patreon page we simply ask that if you would like to make a contribution to the show to help cover costs and a small recognition for the hours put into to produce the show we will be very grateful indeed and we will continue to do our best to produce great content for you thanks for your support of the show guys thanks for listening in good luck with your training over the next week or so and until next time get your running gear on let's go Turn.